Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. It's going to be a support group for people who have been watching Game of Thrones. And I noticed that we have a new member here today. I would, I would like that particular new member to stand up and introduce themselves to the rest of the group. Okay, well, I am Will, friend of Matt, and I will be happy to talk about Game of Thrones for at least a little while. All talk. right. Well, that, that means you, you're going to die. Your, your character is going to die. All right. Yeah, he's not nearly likable enough. Yeah, statistically, about a third of us, third of one of us will live. <laughs> not being likable. Yeah, this, actually, this it's true. If you're hated, you're probably going to last a little longer than if you're liked. If, if this was real, it. so there's no way we all get through it. If this was the first guy, Will, find someone and rape them. You'll be fine. It's <laughs> your solution to everything. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, rest of the group, uh, y'all met uh, William Needles. He's our new member uh, of the roundtable here today. Uh, Rob Callflesh is also here. He's been back on a couple of the uh, Game of Thrones podcasts. Uh, uh, Leapock's been on a couple of our Game of Thrones podcasts as well, as well as a couple of the commentaries that I am yet to release. And, of course, Kevin Miller's here. He's probably been the most frequent guest we have on this podcast. And, you know, guys... I was thinking that this would be a lot like the Game of Thrones mid-season recap that we went to where we did it episode by episode and we broke down scenes and we thought, you know, what, what went through, what we liked, what we didn't like. But where we quite frankly, I, I watched that last episode last night and this is what I'm doing with my notes. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> some good and utter horse bleep. I'm throwing it away. What do you guys want to talk about first? You want to just get into that last episode? Yeah, sure. I got no problem with that. All right. Yeah. Fuck. By the way, <laughs> super spoilers for books and movies problem. Books yeah, and show like, problem. we'll just preface this. Spoiler alert, everything. Book, TV show, the inevitable entourage-style movie that we'll get. Leave the books alone, people. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. to get it out there, I yeah. think three of us have read the books. <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah. Bill, Leapock, and Miller have all read the books. Rob and I have not, so we're actually outnumbered on this particular podcast, Rob. Oh my god, then I'm glad I'm drinking my Oma Gang Game of Thrones beer. Take the Flax Stout. Nice. All right, good product placement. We're going <laughs> to get some deals. Hey, you know whose watch is officially ended? Mine, okay? <laughs> My watch is ended. I think I'm out on this goddamn show. That was nonsense. Do you, do you have anybody left? No. And I didn't even really like Jon Snow, but I was just like... <sighs> he was actually ramping up to be pretty good. He was. They And they just... I don't know. They tossed him away. If I can just put it out there, Go I, right think, ahead. I think the uh, scene with Jon Snow getting stabbed by several of his brothers at the end there is like the third last chapter of the most recent book. So we're on exactly the same cliffhanger now, the book readers, for about three years. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, that, is, that is basically the, the end of the last thing you see of Jon Snow in the book is, is him bleeding out. Mm -hmm. And it's a and it's a first person chapter too, so he just passes out. So it's just like as in the show, and it's like, oh, good lord. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Yes, obviously it looks like he's dead, but until I see that body burning or dismembered, don't torture yourself like that, Rob. Why? <laughs> he can come back. Why would he do that? Dude? Well, it's, like, well, it's, it's then... like when Ned Stark died in the first season. It's just like, how is he gonna get out of this one? 
first episode of the next season. Oh, his head's on a spike. Or this, the next episode to end that season starts off with, oh, his head's on a spike. Holy shit, I guess he's dead. <laughs> the one glimmer of hope that you might have is if you remember back to, I think, with season three of the show and book three of the series, um, when... Um, it was uh, Thoros of Mir, the Red Priest, bringing uh, Beric Dondarrion back to life with his uh, god magic. Yeah. yeah, see? See, that's the thing. Melisandre's there. That bitch yeah. is magic. You don't know. You don't know. He could be back. Yeah. He conveniently show up at the right time. He's going to come back with yeah. the black eyes just like Arya. And clearly she's not um, supporting Stannis anymore. I laughed, actually, when that happened. It's just like... Where's Melisandre? Oh, she left camp. What? Oh, yeah, yeah she like, ran the fuck away. <laughs> for 45 seconds of that episode, is Stannis being like, oh, well, half of our men have mutinied. Oh, and also your wife hung herself, and now Melisandre's gone. You remember her from 30 <laughs> seconds ago at the very, very beginning? She's gone. Yeah, yeah, he turns <laughs> around and she's like, and she good luck! <laughs> I actually saw it described online as uh, King Stannis' uh, horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good shave to play off here after that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, since we're talking about Stannis, uh, happy Father's Day, everybody. It's coming up soon. Um, oh, yeah, Father of the Year. Father of the Year. What a, <laughs> what a difference two He was makes. Father of the Year. Yeah. Right up until that. Until, like, two episodes I'm going to kill my that. daughter, Stephen. That, that scene nearly made me throw up. <laughs> that was upsetting as hell. There have been some well, vile yeah, scenes was, in this season. I, I, this remember, season. I remember sitting there and then, like, hearing this noise and being like, listen, you hear that? That's Stannis' stock plummeting below Joffrey levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a difference two weeks makes, eh? Like, like, I remember we were talking about, like, yeah, we're cheering for, like, if you listen to our Game of Thrones mid-season recap, we were like, go get him, Stannis, you're yeah, the man. Yeah, the first six episodes or so, Stannis was the man. You know, you are Serene Baratheon and you are my daughter. <laughs> well, how long did we talk about that ever-so-slight nod? Didn't we talk for, like, 15 minutes about it? Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he was that in the grammar comment. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Fewer. <laughs> um, let's 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 discuss uh, who we think won the season. Who was the MVP? And uh, since Bill's the newest guy, <laughs> let's go ahead and ask him. Bill, who do you think? Uh, let's just strictly talking from the show. Who do you think was the MVP of uh, season five? MVP of season five. I I feel like I gotta go with Tyrion, despite him being the obvious answer. Uh, the fact that he was able to rally Daenerys so quickly, which we never got to in the book, so I had no idea how that was going to go, and it obviously went very smooth for him. Yeah, that was a, that was a big moment for the book readers, as far from what I've read, is that like the them meeting had like him meeting Daenerys hasn't happened yet, and so even for them, it was a yeah they they, they kind of keep narrowly missing each other in the book, like. Uh, He's still technically a slave in the book, and so hasn't been, obviously, to see the queen yet, and it's just a matter of timing being slightly off now. But that's one of those conversations you were very much looking forward to, to reading and now seeing first. Yeah, exactly. Rob, who's your MVP? I want it to be Arya because that's who I picked. <laughs> but She was in my top three when I wrote down. I had three nominees. Arya was one of them. Are you but piecing your notes back together now? <laughs> yeah. But as far as the overall thing, uh, I think I got to go with Bill on that one with, with Tyrion. Because 
things didn't completely fall apart for him, where things started falling apart for everybody in that last episode. Mike Leapock, who you got as MVP? Oh, I got to say Braun, simply because he is the one oh, person shit. that none of us think, thought would make it. <laughs> That's true. That was every one hard. of us were like, oh, for, that guy's so done. He is so done. And yet, and everything works out fine for him. Like, he takes on two super assassins and is fine. He gets poisoned to death, but apparently he has a cute face, so he lives. <laughs> and then, like, he's just, every scene, he's just put in a better, better position, and the entire time we we were sure he was dead Despite but no now he's going episode, back home uh, scene of I'm two days away from retirement <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he puts yeah. time for one last job <laughs> <laughs> and then he's all talking about how he wants to die he wants to be old and rich and in his castle yeah. like oh you're so done yeah, nope was, apparently not <laughs> he lived an exciting life so he wants to have a boring death and Pierce was you know super excited for him never to die but because he liked him you know well, yeah, <laughs> my whole thing was like, okay, I know how the books go, how this scene is kind of supposed to be, and how these characters are being replaced by Jamie and Braun, and one of them's got to die, and it sure as fuck isn't going to be Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? He's yeah. fine. Yeah, they're so, all fine. Yeah. I'm, no I'm putting my money on him. Scene. Just wait for it. King Braun, the end of the series. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a <laughs> sit in the Iron Throne. It's made that us with the ship already. That's pretty impressive. That would be yeah. amazing. He's full of that affable roguish charm. He's going to get the chair and just sit on it once and be like, well, that sucks, and then melt it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. No, Can we make it more comfy, Pete? Uh, my MVP is Arya. Um, much like Sweet. in the books, I was just waiting for every scene that we got of her, and they were all pretty awesome. They deviated slightly from the uh, books, but did so in a very awesome way. Um, it was nice to see more of the Temple of, of uh, Black and White than we actually got to see in the books. So, I, it, it, She's quickly became one of my favorite characters by book two, by season two, which I maintain is still my favorite season of the show. Um, and uh, kind of got a bit stale with her basically just traveling with the hound. As much as much fun as that combo was, it was basically the same thing for two entire seasons. So it was nice seeing her do something different and doing it in a cool way. Um, I got Stannis Baratheon as the MVP of season five. Really? Um, <laughs> I, I just it's it's like we ran the gamut with him, man. Like we absolutely did. And it was insane. And I absolutely loved his, like, like, and the guy was such a fantastic actor. Cause my favorite moment other than the oh, nod was when he, um, when the guy goes up to him in the last episode and he's like, it's not going to be a siege, my Lord. And then he just sees all the horses, uh, he's like, come, come all, right. He's like, all right, we're doing this. And he's, he's just like, uncheese the sword. He's like, all right, we're doing it. Uh, well, that that that's, that speaks really, really highly of him. If you think about later, later he's in the forest, so he had to have gone like a couple, like hundred meters. He was on the front lines. Think yeah. about how many people he had to kill to get there. <laughs> Not yeah. enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if uh, we can just discuss it quickly, uh, because a lot of things happen in that last episode and a half. Uh, we are down to Daenerys, the last Targaryen, and we're down to Tommen, the last Baratheon. Because <laughs> the rest of them died in the last episode. <laughs> <I swear. laughs> 
Um, and you can't even really call him a Baratheon. So. I was gonna say it's like, is he a Baratheon? In name, at least. We'll give it like I'll give him a technicality on that. I think I think that bloodline's gone. <laughs> Although with with uh, with Stannis apparently eating it, the most important thing with that is that in the show, guess who won the War of the Five Kings? Balin Greyjoy. Yeah, because that was supposed to be... <laughs> he died by not leaving his bedroom. Yeah. That's all he did. <laughs> it's like, That's where yes. Bob war. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think I lied about the last, the Baratheon bloodline being gone because... Um, Gendry's still alive? Yeah, Robert's bastard's still out there. So yeah, he's got his name in one kid, but no blood. He's got his uh, blood in another kid, but a different name. <laughs> yeah, so nobody knows except the select few. By their powers combined. And the only one who can make Gendry an actual Baratheon is Tommen, and I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> can you make me a Baratheon so I can just take over the king? Actually, that strikes yep. me as a very Tommen thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you illegitimate blacksmith boy, come be king. Brother. Maybe Tommen's going to do what Pierce sent me to text of. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll go the other way. Uh, we'll do uh, least valuable player of season five. Uh, we'll start with Miller. Uh, who's your least valuable player? I'll give you a couple of nominations, uh, but feel free to go off off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, my nominations. Uh, Dorn. The, in, the entire as a country, <laughs> the entire city, the entire the entire <laughs> city with twelve people living in it of Dorne, and uh, the Unsullied. I have the Unsullied on my list as uh, least popular, uh, least valuable player because um, not as formidable on the battlefield as we were led to believe, and I think that they should have to change their name. I'm just going to throw that out there. What say you, Miller? Um, I'm going to kind of follow one of those points. I hadn't honestly thought of a least valuable player. Um, I expected more of, uh, God rest him, uh, Barristan Selmy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, God rest him. Gone too soon. Gone but not forgotten. He went down to the corner to sing on the street. Sniff, sniff. I was heartbroken when that happened. That fool is not supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> not dead in the book. dying. Obviously, Grey Worm's better. Like when he goes up against when in like the last episode of the season after Joffrey is throned and Ned Stark is dead and he basically like dismisses uh, Selmy and names the Hound of the Kingsguard. He like throws off his cape and throws his sword. He's like, and now the Kingsguard line up in front. He's like, even now I could cut through you like carving a cake. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this guy's so awesome. And, uh, you know, other people at that time um, had the theory that, like, him and Ned Stark were going to secretly escape the city together and stuff. That wouldn't have been Game of Thrones, but that would have been very, very fun. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is, like, episode eight of season one. Like, people didn't know what Game of Thrones was yet. <laughs> people didn't know the relationship was abusive yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They thought so, it was going to be the escape, but turns out it was going to be a massacre. <laughs> so you get this uh, appearance of this guy who's, you know, can cut through, like, the he's the best swordsman in the country and cut through, like, the other six best swordsmen in the country all at once. And then he gets taken down by, like, four thugs in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> After not accomplishing all that much. Yeah, well, I loved him, so. Yeah, yeah. He was a good man, he just didn't do a hell of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but he had a triumphant return in, I guess, season three there, but uh, was basically just there to talk with Jorah. Yeah. And kind of tell stories about the Mad King. But, That's uh, true. I expected more of him. I, as much as it pains me to say it, I'd say that he's my least valuable player. Ah, interesting. Going off the board. Rob Kauflash, who you got as least valuable player? I like your idea of the Unsullied. They are worse than Stormtroopers for doing anything. They are Stormtroopers <laughs> at this point. Very, like, good pull. Very good pull. Like, they're terrible. Like, they didn't even, like... Oh, they're getting cut down by dudes in yellow robes. Yeah. They're supposed to be these well-trained warriors, and yet if you put a kid with, like, a sharp stick in hand, one of the Unsullied would probably go down. Yeah, the, the, the thing with the Sons of the Harpy in the books uh, versus the television show, and I understand why they had to change it for the sake of TV, but they don't, like, you know, jump out of an alley like uh, putties and morphin Power Rangers <laughs> and just start attacking in swarms, right? It's like lone assassins. Yeah, see, if it was lone assassins taking out the Unsullied, fine. The Unsullied can hold be, their honor. Like them taking a well, that's the thing is, is is it they'll, they'll they'll take like they'll take five of them and then attack a single unsullied who's alone. Yeah, or they'll just like you know, one morning they'll turn out like you know three guys who used to be slaves and are now freedmen just are dead in their homes and no one knows why. But the yeah. thing is, like with the way the, the way the unsullied have been built up, one unsullied I think should be able to take on four or five non-trained or at least minimally trained combatants. Well, yeah, and that's why that scene hurt me so much, because it showed Grey Worm and, like, three other unnamed Unsullied uh, and Barristan Selmy fighting, like, 20 Sons of the Harpy. I was like, oh, my money's there on the Unsullied. There should never be that many Sons of the Harpy in one spot, A. Yeah. B, these guys should never even fail to that many. Yeah, that that was that really killed me with that scene too. Actually, is because I was like, like I I know like from you know minimal knowledge of ancient warfare, where if you get ten guys with shields and spears, they can take on like a hundred idiots with daggers. Yeah. If they just if they just stand there, they don't move. You just stand there. You put your shields together and you put your sticks out, and that's it. They they have no other game. They run at you and then they die, and that's it. Like that's just how that works. And if the one lucky one probably is your profession. Yeah, there's there's no there's no backup plan. There's not like something where they can sneak in there. No, there's a stick in their face and then they hit it and then they die. Yeah, I, I understand why they have to do a scene like that because you have to <laughs> introduce the Sons of the Harpy and then make it personal. And, <laughs> and when, yeah. when Daenerys has the when her storyline has a total of like a hundred minutes over the course of the uh, season, like you have to do it in a sort of flashy way. I get it. I don't like it. And at no point did it ever occur to Daenerys to figure out who's making these masks for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who's she's distributing the masks. Yeah, like who's who's it's melting clear. down these gold masks and distributing No, it's clearly some people. rich man who's 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 uh, ordering them in orders of tens of thousands to uh, not look suspicious. Yeah. So it's like V for Vendetta style. It's like, okay, everybody gets a mask. Who the fuck sent them? <laughs> Somebody had to send all of these packages. Well, and, and something happened Batman, in the yeah. uh, second last yeah, episode. Yeah, Batman's that... the same way. Something happened in the second last episode that might actually be a spoiler for the books. 
because when the uh, Sons of the Harpy attacked at the stadium, uh, they killed uh, his daughter, Zolorak. Yeah, yeah, that's, which we always assumed was the Harpy. Yeah, that's, that's that Lionel Richie looking dude, right? Yeah, that's right. Hello. Bill Needles, who do you have as your least valuable player for season least five? Least valuable for season five, I got to go Tommen. I mean, he's the king. Oh, he's got a lot call. of power. That's, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. He let his season get taken over by a bunch of zealots, you know? Like, yeah. And like, if Joffrey was king... Everyone hates him, but that wouldn't happen. There'd be blood in the streets before he let that. <laughs> oh, that first scene is like, oh, he's praying. Okay, I guess we'll come back another time. Joffrey would have cut everyone down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my favorite mud, then. My favorite Tommen moment was when uh, they started dragging away uh, Natalie Dormer, and she was like, you know, Tommen, Tommen, and he was like, he had this look like, huh? What? Am, am, I, am I the king? I don't, am, me? Like, oh, can I actually Wait, do something? Can I, can I do something? This? Can I stop this? Can I stop this? Can I? Can, can, uh, no, it's over. No, okay, I'll just go back to sitting here. Oh. I have a lot of caveats for this, but A, that's classic Tommen. B, Tommen's supposed to be like eight goddamn years old. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, what's he gonna do, right? You wouldn't even think to, you know, you wouldn't think that he had any sort of power in that situation. Um, yes, but in the show, he's clearly older. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I think everybody's clearly you older. Can't have a, you can't have a season where you're expecting him to act like an eight-year-old and then a scene where he's lying naked in bed with Natalie Dormer. <laughs> no one needs to see that. Oh, uh, a couple of random questions here, and then we'll break down uh, the last five episodes. Um, Drogon. Yep. Laziest dragon name since Sean Connery in Dragonheart? <laughs> what was that drago or something draco draco draco, draco or draco. drogon what's the what's the lazier dragon name what well, do you think well isn't draco draco does, is, is that actually the word for dragon in like latin or something I think like so. that it's also like a constellation i think isn't it i, should learn that I don't know me. but that's close it's enough not. to like draconian for like uh D type shit yeah. It is. All it's, right, so it's, it's it's definitely Latin. I know that one. It's a it's an Illuminati thing. <laughs> feels like feels like we're saying Drogon is the laziest. Lazy yeah, I'm gonna go with Drogon as lazy. Um, uh, and I can explain this away with some nerdy book lore. Go right ahead. Um, Daenerys names her dragon for the three most important men in her lives. One of which was Drogo. Uh, another one was Kyle Drogo. So she just put an N on the end of the word. At the end of the word. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's not lazy. Um, one was uh, Viserys, so she has like the white dragon as like brother. Viserion or something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rhaegar, uh, her brother, um, who she names the green dragon Rhaegal, I think. The one we never got to meet. The guy who yeah. loves to sing, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Some characters are just too cool to exist in the series. They have to only exist in the prequel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actor that could pull off. Uh... Oh, geez. Can you just imagine, like, a made-for-TV movie with, like, the Battle of the Tridents? Come on. <laughs> I would kill to see that. A young, strapping, powerful Robert Baratheon. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it would be. So, well, maybe they'll get it, like the Entourage movie or the Sex and the City movie before it. Um... Soap is not the same as the Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Needles. Yeah, what do you got? Does four angry women qualify as a rebellion? 
Uh, I don't know if, if the Dorn's entire population is 38, I'd say. I, yeah. it, it seemed like it was. I'm not gonna lie. I was trying to figure out why they needed to fly people to Spain to film like the two scenes that they had there. The rest of them were like in a jail cell and then one like courtyard. They could have just built those sets and like filmed that in LA. I don't know why they had to fly everybody to Spain for that one. <laughs> No one said they were practical over there at Game of Thrones. No. Oh, oh my God. For the for the type of rebellion that they were planning to do again in the books, it would have been perfectly enough. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was more that... subterfuge in the book. It wasn't just. Well, yeah, it was just a we're gonna go attack the water gardens. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's oh, your plan? God. Well, since we're talking about that, we might as well get into episode six, which was titled. Actually, wait, wait. Before you say that, I was gonna. Uh, sure. uh, for, for for my for my least valuable player, I was actually gonna say Obara Sand, which oh is the, uh, uh, the 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 sister with the spear. Yeah. She was useless because first of all, she wasted a whole bunch of screen time with her goddamn <laughs> when I was a girl speech. <laughs> When they're like, hey, nice girl, are you in? Yes. Hey, other nice girl, are you in? Hey, girl who looks like a man and is wielding a sword and just buried a man. Um, Are you in? And then she takes like 10 minutes to tell you yes. (laughs) It starts off with, when I was a girl... Yeah, Which so is actually like, okay because I don't think she had another line after that. <laughs> well, she did, but it was the worst accent of all time when she goes like, "I am Obara Sand, daughter of Obran Martel. I fight for Dawn. Who do you Should fight for?" Prepare to die. But then, but then yeah. after that, after I, I rewatched the episode where they attack the gardens, she's fighting Jamie and doesn't kill him. And can't. She's yeah. like supposed to be the most badass of them all, and she fights a guy with one hand. Jamie can't and barely hold a sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like uh somebody on the on YouTube did this where they were like um uh they showed the clip of uh Pedro Pascal who had abs you know who'd been taught clearly how to wield a spear for that uh, one horrific scene that is never allowed to be mentioned on this particular podcast ever again, but I'm bringing it up anyway. Um, and you know, when he gets his little spear and he like actually whips it around and you're like, well, like clearly that guy had some training and then they put it alongside her and they were all these like slow close-ups of her clearly thinking about rotating the spear and it was like <laughs> slow and looked terrible. And, and I can't believe she's an Oscar nominated actress and she couldn't, Get that Dornish accent down. Yeah, she's thinking, all right, now step, pause, turn, pause, pivot, step, step. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> step, pause, pivot, pause, pivot, pivot, step, pause. <laughs> oh, shudder. <laughs> all right, so episode six was uh, called Unbowed, Unbent, and Unbroken. And that's a hilarious title because all three of those are lies because this was a terrible episode. Um, you know, sometimes having a lot of beer and the company. <laughs> of a particular episode may cloud your particular judgment because we were actually all able to uh, watch this episode together. It was the only one we got to watch or most of us, Bill unfortunately wasn't there, but the rest of us were together. And I'm fairly certain with thick, thick beer goggles on, I proclaimed this episode like a top five episode when we were all done. You did. And then when I rewatched it and the sober light of a Monday morning, the next day, the cold light of morning. Yeah, I realized 
what Holy have I done? Fuck, this episode was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I'm really glad because we talked about maybe doing a, an impromptu pod right after that episode, and I'm glad we didn't because everything I would have said, I would have been like, no, no, nah, I lied. We would have had to do a walk of shame <laughs> pod the next day. Yeah, we, you guys would have had <laughs> shame. <laughs> also, if we did that, it's like we're starting the pod at like midnight or one o'clock, whenever crazy time we were starting. Yeah, no, did we start watching it at like two? No. Uh, no, it wasn't that late. I think it was Sorry. one. I think we left it, too. <laughs> yeah, it was like close to midnight. It was, pre- it was pretty late when we watched it. Um, yeah, we were well deep into the drinking. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be the guy who claims he knew the Emperor had no clothes, but you were going nuts with that episode, Pierce, and I'm just like, huh, <laughs> I guess he likes it. <laughs> no, I was clearly drunk, because when I rewatched it, I was like, this is, it, I think I, it's actually the worst episode in the history of the show. It, it really is. It really is. Wow. And I jokingly called it, it a... It's, I think it's better than the episode after that. I, I, I just rewatched. I mean, I just would rewatch episode six and seven right now. I thought it was other than, other than this, when they attack the garden, that that's that episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Episode six yeah. is when, is when they attack the garden. Yeah. Other than that, there's, there's yeah. some fine scenes there. It's just, that one was... Rewatching that, I, I I've rewatched it since that night, and I rewatched that scene, and I remember enjoying it at the time. I think because my vision was blurry, and now that my vision was clear, I was like, "Oh, oh boy, ooh, what uh, what ooh, problems no. did you have with episode seven? <laughs> well, we'll get to seven. Uh, We're talking six right yeah. now, because right. uh, allow me to poke some theories that holes into your this wasn't the worst episode of all time theory. Um, first Four off, points. did we need a ten minute montage of Arya washing bodies, like? <laughs> Like, was washing four bodies necessary? And do we need to see, like, her getting the garden shears out to trim the fingernails? Uh, like, it, this, she was essentially running, like, a Manny Petty, like, store for corpses and stuff. It's just, oh, my God. I, I mean, yes, as far as entertaining television goes, yeah, it may not have been, like, the flashy entertaining stuff, but it does start to show, like, the kind of, like... Yeah, I have to do, like, daily chores type of shit. Like, I need to become nobody and just do things, I guess. Also, books four and five aren't your flashy, entertaining books either. We left that one behind. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right, now I, I guess... If they had just spliced in the painting the fence scene from the Karate Kid, it would have been good. <laughs> yeah. they, they added a lot of flashy scenes to this, and we'll get to that if we're going episode by episode. Yeah. And, and, the, it, and the only reason I'm trying to defend it is because, you know, I like Arya... I want to see her live all the way to the end. So yeah, good luck with that. I'm not sure he's doing this based on public opinion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I got three questions here for each of the book readers. So we'll we'll each give you one. Um, Let's start with Kevin. You're going to get the first one. Sure. Cock merchants. Are those a thing in the book? <laughs> and a couple follow-up questions. Uh, what kind of setup would a cock merchant have? Would there be more than one cock merchant location? Or would there any be any competition for the cock merchants of Westeros? <laughs> <laughs> what you're hearing is my stunned silence. <laughs> really? like, like, and I like the fact that... Like, <laughs> a boop? <laughs> that one dude was essentially like... You know what? I got a guy. <laughs> hey, well, we'll cut off his, we'll cut off his cock. He's got magic powers. I got a guy. He's like, I got a guy. We'll take it to the guy. 
Oh, we get, seriously though, is that a thing in the books? No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> there's not a scene. Fun. There's a scene where they auction off like uh, uh, Jorah and Tyrion, and um, they basically are slaves for every purpose. You've got your household slaves. You've got your fighting pit slaves. You've got your sex slaves. And so there's there is the conversation of what the hell good is Tyrion good for. And we kind of get that scene in the show, too, where they just, like, throw him in for, like, an extra $3 on top of Jorah because they're a team. <laughs> but uh, well, wasn't Tyrion a real asshole in that scene? Oh, no, of course. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he was just getting beat the entire time. and just Well, he big. was because uh, he was talking at a turn. He was trying to get uh, Jorah a high price for Jorah so that no one would buy him, basically. And then, uh, so he just kept talking about, like, oh, yeah, he won this tournament against this guy, and he fought bears with his bare hands. <laughs> Except every time he said something, I Every time he said something, I was like, kick him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Bill Needles, you get the next one. Huh. Um, they right, really make Jaka Nagar out to be some sort of magic ninja. Mm-hmm. Why was he trapped in a cage with two losers in, like, season two? I'm going to say to get closer to his target, but that is a bullshit response. I have no idea. That's, I, that's like, you know what? You put more thought into it in that two seconds than right there than the Game of Thrones people have, I think, okay? And frankly, I'll buy that. Honestly, he was trying to get closer to his target. Honestly, honestly not knowing the books, that I I accept that answer as well. That, that's basically what I figured. Yeah, He was, he was an assassin. He was in the Black Cells and basically got Souls of the Night's Watch, and they were taking him up to the... Uh, to the wall, and then they, and he was just biding his time at that point. At that point, he was out of a black cell. I'm sure he wasn't caring where he was going. Although, of course, then uh, when, when his cage caught on fire, then uh, his plan's like, hmm, well, now what? <laughs> if oh, I'm yeah, this like, in a cage, can I change my face fight. into something that's non that's not fire retardant? <laughs> if I weren't in these shackles. <laughs> Sorry to step all over your question. Um, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Follow-up question about uh, Bill. What would a conversation between Jack and Hagar and Hodover be like? <laughs> I would imagine it. He just keeps saying, one would not simply Hodar. Hodar. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I imagine he would be like, Hodar. Like, like the conversation I've had, it's like, what's his man? Or, or like, like, or like, what? who are you? Hodor. His man is named Hodor. Hodor. <laughs> Hodor, 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 Hodor. I would watch that spin-off show. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah. A so man does not always understand Hodor. Hodor. So, so if like the odd Jack and Hodor put on the Hodor face, would he be able to say anything else <laughs> until he took off that face? I would assume so. Well, <laughs> does, but does I don't think... ever speak when he's Hodor. But it would I don't be think out of character. Face, that's what makes him retarded. I'm just. No, 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 no I know. But as far as <laughs> like helping. he's putting on that face, he's doing it to become that person. Because there's a canonical precedent for someone becoming Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just wondering, does Brand ever try to speak when he's Hodor? Surprised Brand didn't get the nod for least valuable. <laughs> he didn't even show up. Because he wasn't in the season. He might get sixth man because you he need just a didn't minute simply show up. Actually, hey, you know what? Get, he might get ranked higher because he wasn't here to show that he was useless. You know oh, what? Yeah. I can't wait for him to show up next. I, I almost... He's like 24 years old. <laughs> I know. 
I would almost put him at MVP just because nothing bad happened to him. You know what? I'm going to give him NBA's favorite award, most improved player. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps getting taller. This season than last season. Yeah. Uh, Mike Leapock. Um, for four seasons now, they've portrayed uh, Peter Baelish as a Machiavellian-esque, you know, string puller who's always a couple steps ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. Why would he give Sansa to the Boltons without doing his research? Um, Keep in mind, the Boltons are people that that have... that that. Um... Uh, Ramsey's a psychopath. Yeah, I, I just like I don't know. Like I didn't understand. It didn't make sense to me that he would be like, "I'm gonna wedge you to," because he actually cares about Sansa, right? So I don't know. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me logistically that he would be like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you to the guy who their banners are skinless dudes hanging on crosses." The answer to that is a very simple, because no one knows who Jane Poole is. Yep. Uh, I guess that sounds like a book word. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'm pretty puzzled right now. Yeah, uh, guess where Sansa isn't supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, Sansa's not supposed to be there, and it doesn't make sense to me at all with her, with his character because, I mean, it, yeah, uh, like he, he, I could see him having some sort of endgame there, but he leaves and then immediately sells her out to Cersei, so he's just putting her in like between a rock and a psycho place and it's it just doesn't really make sense if he cares about her at all but maybe he just doesn't um i guess that's just his character now (laughs) in the show is to to be warden of the north wasn't it where he's going to help cersei take the back from whoever wins the fight between stannis and ruse yeah but guess who's not going to survive that fight (laughs) well the only thing (laughs) that i can think of with um baelish giving sansa to the Boltons and Winterfell and all that, is that Baelish thought Sansa had more of a spine than she really does. To fight a rapist? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a point against her. Theon <laughs> had a lot of spine once. He's reek now. <laughs> yeah. And there's that. Yeah. Also had a lot of skin. My God. Um, well, we kind of got into the door and stuff. Oh my god, just not great. Not like not not great at all. This is the Thorn was very underwhelming for what I had it built up to be. Yeah, because I had no knowledge of what Dorn was about other than the people who had read the books and talked about it, and I was super excited. And it was, I did enjoy it enough, but it was a big letdown from where I had set my bar. Oh, monstrous letdown. I, I couldn't agree more. Just, like, everything about it. And the fact that, like, 12 people lived there, I think, was a bit of a disappointment <laughs> to me. But, like, they were also trying to sell us on this, like, like, Tristane and Marcella thing. And I'm like, I don't, like, why are these guys getting screen time? <laughs> We've yeah. had them for three seconds. And they're, like, getting all these hero shots and other nonsense. And then they had the worst choreographed fight in the history of film was the fight with them and like yeah. sand snakes and Braun and jamie like like i don't know a lot of people have been hyped up to be these great warriors like the unsullied and the sand snakes were were, were hyped up to be some well, that fight with the sand snakes yes the when we watched it initially because we had major beer goggles on it seemed all right but re-watching it sober it's like wow that just seemed to go in slow motion real time 
Yeah, be- between the uh, beer goggles and the quality of the video we were watching, we're like, oh man, pretty colors moving quickly. <laughs> this is exciting. As much as, uh, as much as Dorn was disappointing, I haven't hated Doran, Prince Doran from Dorn. Do- Prince Doran is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, like he's, uh, he's been, done nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah, he got he that guy didn't get nearly enough screen time for me to be well, honest. Well, and, and, and I, I can't told you too. Him. I like him. Uh, he's different, but I like him about as much as Oberyn. Um, but he bides his time. Uh, what yeah, I'm saying you is, can uh, tell he's tuned, a season six. He's, yeah. he's oh, planning yeah. something. You can well, tell. Well, yeah, he's wheels. He has to use his brain. Yeah. One of the lines from the book that Dorn <laughs> just crushed was he says he's the grass that hides the snakes. The yep. sand snakes being the snakes in Dorne. Ooh, I like that. Uh, well, like I liked him, and and the one line he had where he was like, I like I my favorite line of the entire season is probably when he said, "I believe in second chances, but I do not believe in thirds." And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say that to my children one day." That line is so <laughs> goddamn. Good. <laughs> um, it's gonna also be the first time you say that. It's gonna be the eighth time that they've done that. Yeah. So. Probably yeah. <laughs> three strikes to disownment for Pierce's kids. <laughs> 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 it's 18 or three strikes whichever comes first <laughs> um so yeah episode six not great i did appreciate the fact that Olinia tyrell literally tried to ride into town in an effort to save this episode sure um she had that great conversation with cersei where cersei was doing her tywin impression by like sitting yeah. at a desk writing um <laughs> and you know what cersei i love tywin i met i knew tywin and you are no Tywin, so quit doing that. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was weird when they brought. Um, what was the name? Oliver is that the name of the uh, the the gay dude man, from the brothel? The man, whore. The man whore from the brothel. Yeah. Like, didn't he seem a little too willing to just sell out everybody at the drop of a hat? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think that no? that was the only way that he could possibly kill that situation alive. They didn't throw him in prison. Yeah, it didn't see, Yeah, I was gonna say it didn't seem like there was much prodding. It just seemed like they walked up to him and were like, "Hey, you want to tell a story?" And he was like, "Sure. What do I got to hide? What do you want to know?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you know, have to do is tell the truth. Yeah. We tell you to say. It's not like he's starving in the streets or anything, and desperately needs to curry the favors of the Tyrells or anything like that. Like he's yeah. a pretty good life. Littlefinger keeps him in silks. I suppose, but I, I don't, like, I thought him and... I thought that was awesome. <laughs> He's ah. just like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought him and Loras had a little something. <laughs> Apparently I was wrong. Nope. They, they had a little something, and yeah, then they finished. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God in heaven. Um, now, the most uncomfortable scene in this particular episode, and it'll be the last thing we talk about in the episode seven, uh, the Sansa rape scene. Oh Jesus! I don't know. Felt unearned to me, and it, it, I realize it's weird to say that. Or like you have to earn a rape scene on a on a show, but like <laughs> the the ones that happened in the past felt more like you know, like like they 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 were built of characters, and 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 I don't know. They just they made a lot more sense. This one just seemed like randomly, <laughs> like like hey, look at. Hey, are we sure Ramsey's evil? Let's let's have him rape Sansa just in case people aren't aren't you know they're still on the fence about this guy. You know, the big like, problem I have with that scene, and I'm a, not a huge fan of rape scenes in general, as is I think fairly common and I don't think reasonable. I'm a huge fan of rape scenes. 
But uh, the thing with that is that the scene, like, if you have a scene with uh, characters like that where something intense is happening, it's to kind of get the audience to feel one way for a character. And we already hate Ramsey. We already pity Sansa. The only character who we're feeling anything for in a rape scene is Theon. And we know he's a broken man, too, right? Well, yeah, but he's just like, that's the that's what kind of puts the cherry on top of a rape scene, is, is having this guy watch. Yeah, that scene would have been completely different had Theon not been in the room. Exactly. It's it was awful. I really don't like that they put that scene in there for many reasons. As horrifying as it is, they they, I mean, if they're gonna have Theon do what he did in the last episode and eventually flip out, they needed to push him a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the importance of that scene was to have that was that was a big stepping stone for him, right? And yeah, he does betray her again afterwards, so that wasn't the breaking point. But you you can't have like him not witness some really horrific things happen to her. And then all of a sudden change his mind. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. You've so you've got to have him. Soon. Yeah, you've got to see him it, these things. And that's obviously a you know a, also a big reference to us to the book for us book readers yes. because Theon is there in that scene in the book that does not star Sansa. Yeah, that doesn't have any bit, real Starks at all. Although I think Theon's also role quite in the book a bit is a little more active. Well, can we can we talk about how that how that uh, Winterfell situation kind of goes down in the books? Go ahead. Just to get uh, some context. That that scene, that yeah. rape scene, and all that. I've heard what happens actually in the books, so I'm okay if we. Bring yeah, it, it will so, basically. You know, go ahead, man. Okay. Uh, well, what's basically happening is uh, they were never able to find Sansa or Arya. So Arya left basically as soon as Ned Stark got beheaded. Uh, Sansa escaped when Joffrey died, and they were never able to find either of them in the capital. Um, when they made Roose Bolton the uh, Warden of the North, they found another uh, girl from Winterfell named Jane Poole, who was one of Sansa's friends, who had a passing enough resemblance to Arya that they're like, hey, it's Arya Stark. We're marrying you to a Stark. Go take over Winterfell. Um, and so it's this completely other person that they're trying to pass off as Arya, and Reek or Theon knows this isn't Arya, but I have to play along because, you know, my master says to, basically. Um, but he gets the same sort of feelings of sympathy out of her because he knows how Ramsay does. And knew her as a young girl, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that... To me, the biggest thing that they did in in season five, there was a lot of telegraphing going on in this season. Like they they, they wanted to make sure that you knew, like they, they wanted to make sure that you knew everything. Like for instance, one of the most like telegraphed moments was when Braun got cut by one of the Sand Snakes, and the camera like stared at his like wound for like ten minutes. Like they were like, ah, <laughs> they stared at his wound just so they were like. Okay, we want to make absolute certain that you know he got cut. And they yeah. started doing other nonsense like, hey, did you know that Ramsey Snow is a bad guy? Let's have yeah. him, you know, peel this old lady's skin off and then show it to Sansa. And then in the last episode, they like completely unnecessary. Doesn't help the show at all. It shows like him and he's like, well, I guess we're done here. And then one guy's like crawling away and he walks over and he's like, I accept your surrender and then just stabs him. And it was like, 
You didn't even need to do that. This episode yeah. was already over an yeah. hour. Or missing is like an eight second deleted scene from there where he just kicks a dog. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, like, All right, we get it. Until that last kill. I was on his side. I was like, this guy's a good guy. Yeah, like. You know what? You got me. Enough. Yeah, like, they telegraphed everything, and they, they did it too, and it's going to carry on to next season with Cersei and that one broad who she kept saying, You're going to be, I'm going to, my face will be the last thing that you see. And, you know, it like, the mountain zombie or whatever is going to like crush that woman's skull while she's staring at saw or at Cersei or something next to it. There's just, there's a lot of telegraphing going on. Classic mountain MO. J- Jorah staring at his arm <laughs> all the time. That was like, te- they were kept telegraphing that where it's like, Hey, remember this guy's got gray scale. Don't forget yeah. that. That'll probably come into play. Which yeah, makes that, that was every, an interesting time change. He, every time he touches mm-hmm. someone, it's like, so do they have it? Yeah, that's another thing. Let's get into that, even though we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Um, well, I can they, retract that until later, but yeah, that that I just want to know what's going on. Yeah, how, they're little, how is it contagious? Yeah, they're a little loose with the rules, or they haven't really explained them, so I'm going to let you book guys let me know if you happen to know. Um, does Grayscale work? Like, because like, like, that was another thing that they telegraphed was uh, in episode... Uh, nine was jorah like reaching out to daenerys after he saved her and her slowly it's, it's the wrong arm taking his hand like it has to be the well it's it's the wrong arm like it's 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 as far as i know it's it's transmitted through the actual like infected spots oh, okay. but it's his left arm is infected and he reaches out with his right oh, okay i was just wondering because it felt like his plan was wow, I just like that closely well, well I, I i didn't watch that closely i saw it later someone was like all right let's just clear this shit up well, and I'm... it was left arm right arm all right can we stop this now left right right yeah <laughs> left daenerys <laughs> dying of grayscale is the most anticlimactic ending you could possibly <laughs> I don't think this show wouldn't we willing to go there on that yeah, particular thing like if Don if, if Daenerys like tripped and fell off a cliff would we be surprised like if she was no. just like hey how's it Whoa! <laughs> Like, oh my god. I have to go to my home planet now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the reason I ask about the grayscale is is because, like I said, they did telegraphing everything the entire season. They telegraphed, like, Jorah slowly putting his hand and then her taking it. And then as they were running to, like, the middle of the thing, she, like, grabs Masandi's hand and runs with Masandi. And then Masandi, like, runs and grabs Tyrion's hand and stuff. And I'm just like, oh my god. Like, are they just transmitting AIDS through everybody here? It's a weird you, you describe it like that it reminds me of the Futurama episode where uh, they're trying to figure out which is um, uh, the, the parent for Kif's baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's just like flying along, touching everyone's hands. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly what it was like. It was that or I thought of the Simpsons Halloween episode where it's like, we're merely exchanging long protein strands. <laughs> it's very much what it was like. Uh, so let's move on to episode seven, and I, I have a feeling like a great eternal debate between me and Leapock for the rest of the time will be whether episode six was worse or episode seven was worse. Um, episode seven was called The Gift. Mm. Um, oh my god, where do you even begin on this one? This one is so bad. I mean, like, <laughs> just watched last night, I don't feel like I remember that much about it. I feel yes. like I should have watched them again. Well, give, See, me a well, thing, give me a thing. I just watched it like two hours ago, and I still don't really remember much about it. <laughs> well, they, they, they telegraph not... the thing with Theon being a broken man, because they're like, like, if you didn't know he was a broken man, 
like they're going to drum it into you this entire season because he he refuses to take he takes the candle straight to Ramsey and then once again if you didn't know Ramsey was a bad guy you did you did now because he peeled that old lady's skin off and like <laughs> Theon with one of the most poignant lines in the history of the show when he tells Sansa it can always be worse it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah thanks I, thanks i don't think that was the i think that was the writers it was the writers it was absolutely the writers like well i remember when i rewatched that i was like oh god i forgot about that line fuck you because it was so terrible <laughs> like it was it was strictly from the uh the writers the just being like just wait for it <laughs> yeah uh aemon targaryen died i'm gonna miss that old dude i will say that he was a lot of fun uh, he had the line though the line that i wanted him to have before his death scene egg i had a dream that i was old yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Um, that was, fight... that was that was a nice scene. Actually, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, that that was really good. Um, I honestly forgot the super wolves were a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I honestly did. I prefer the term dire. But... Dire wolves. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I did find it a little odd that um, John Snow's uh, magic wolf was willing to show up to save Sam Tarly, but was suspiciously absent when he was getting stabbed in the stomach over and over again by a group of, like, fucking traitors? Is that, like, am I the only one who's weirded out by that? Like, like where was the wolf then? Like, you saved the fact uh, guy. Uh, that's what I thought as well, is, like, the wolf is around, right? Like, is he not... Okay, so let's say John dies. Is the wolf gonna go berserk and just... Wreck fools, wreck the wall by himself. Yeah, new Lord Commander. Or is John going to come back <laughs> to life as the wolf, or as a zombie, or a White Walker? You know, there's there's things that could happen. Well, and there's there's precedent <laughs> in the uh, in the books too that you know there's been some hints that John might also be a warrior. <laughs> oh yeah. So, a lot, can, yeah, a lot yeah. can happen in the first 45 seconds of season six. Yeah, <laughs> There's actually some stuff even in the show really, really early on, but it's like super glanced at. But basically... Well, because it's, it's not it's, nearly as developed as Bran's storyline, because that's literally all Bran has going on. Yeah, but but the one... like the, There's a couple of dreams that he has really early on, and um, when he shows up to the Wildlings, one of them calls him a warg, and they call him out on it immediately. Yeah, and they, they all they all Because uh, yeah. Arya gets it in the books, too. But one thing, well, one thing that that show watchers don't know is that if you're a warg and you die, it is possible to go into another creature. Ooh, yep, that's a lot of fun. We haven't seen a lot yeah. of experience with wargs in this. There was the one dude in uh, season three, I believe, uh, the wildling who could become who like his hawk. The guy who was from the Pirates of the Caribbean. I will take your word for it. <laughs> well, he was he was yeah. uh, the warg. <laughs> he was one of the guys in Pirates of the Caribbean. The he was the guy who had like the rubber eye or whatever that like rolling around all the time. I, yeah, and right. he was in the British office. He played the, <laughs> he was in the British version of the office too. When um, when Jon Snow finally turns coats and goes against the uh the wildlings and starts fighting them, he kills the warg and then his hawk claws his face out. Yep. And yep. it's not basically what happens is that the warg's soul goes into the hawk and then he attacks Jon Snow. Ah, that's pretty cute. Interesting. Um, so we go but through I don't that. Know if that's like an experienced warg thing and not just like noob wargs who don't yeah. know. The <laughs> hey, hey, dumb luck is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam and Billy had some PG 13 sex. 
in this. I don't who, know. Who am I? Yeah. Was, that was sex. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Joro was sold for 20 gold. You can't even buy an epic mount for that. <laughs> These days you can, I'm sure. Or maybe you can, actually. Um, the one good scene in this yeah, episode... The one good scene in this episode I thought was uh, Jonathan Price, the High Sparrow, and uh, Lady Olena in the the Baylor's Sept or whatever. Oh yeah, when they were Sass Masters. Yeah, and essentially yeah. having like the the we are the ninety nine percent conversation. I, yep. I I don't know. I th- that was the one uh, really good scene. And transitioning off of that, we then went back to Dorne and its eleven inhabitants. <laughs> oh, we're getting fewer now. Yeah, to have a conversation. Well, Jamie and Braun killed half the population on that beach earlier in that one. <laughs> um, to be fair, this is like the palace. It's not just swarming with. I, I know. I'm just <laughs> Nobody like, cares outside of the palace in Dorne. <laughs> but like Jamie and Marcella had a really bad had that really bad scene where she was like, she did the you don't know me. That's not my real dad. Like, we knew this girl for two seconds, and we were supposed to be, like, invested in this scene with her and Jamie. And I, uh, Well, that was kind of the whole point, is we don't know her. <laughs> we, as the audience, don't know her. Yeah, I just... And then we went to the Sand Snakes and Braun in prison, which, like, if we never go back to that prison... Oh, Jesus, it, that's like, right. That was fucking terrible. And, like... The her... eye roll was hilarious. Oh, my God. But, like... Bronick gets far too much screen. But that was that was the audience. <laughs> it's, like, it, Lord, it's why, true. why are you talking? It's so true. The scene was literally just so that chick could show her breasts. Like that was I'm, I'm lazy, okay with that. Lazy HBO nudity is what it was. And yeah. like it's like you know how the CRTC has the rule that like at least sixty percent of its uh, programming must be Canadian. Yeah, like, HBO has a rule that five minutes every episode have to have full frontal. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, and like, well, did they put it all in the last episode? And like, did her? Like, yeah, just basically, yeah. Did her hands activate guys the jump poison? Out and flop their dicks. <laughs> did her cans activate the poison? Like, I didn't. <laughs> well, she's got to get the blood flowing. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it bullshit it's like, like, <laughs> it's like, like he was pretty calm and we need the heart rate going oh. so it's uh like the, the boys it's still obviously in the arm it's like let's let's get it to the heart he's <laughs> <laughs> like oh no it's stuck in his dick <laughs> <laughs> now we did end with a couple of pretty good scenes on like um well the fight scenes were kind of dumb with them in that like mini pit or whatever it was but like when daenerys or when Tyrion comes out and goes, I am Tyrion Lannister. And, you know, you kind of get that hero shot of uh, Amelia Clark, and she had that look in her face like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Business just picked up. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. I love and... how freaking, like, fat Hodor comes out of nowhere and rescues uh, Tyrion for no reason. Everyone's favorite characters together at last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. Um <laughs> Cersei and Marjorie prison scene was pretty good. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, oh sure, yeah, yeah, that was good. And Natalie Dormer even looked good when malnourished. She's my babe. Lena Headley's face. I gotta give it up. Like, like her. Oh smug, yeah, smug she's face. a great actress. Oh, she's fantastic. <laughs> she just her, makes you hate her. Her smug bitch face when she was walking out of the prison cell after that. Oh god, that was good. Yes, yeah, good. <laughs> 
All right, that's the end of part one. We went a little long on this one. I mean, it was the end of Game of Thrones, so we had to talk for a long time on this one. Uh, we ended up going over two hours, so we decided to split this one into two parts. And this is officially the end of part one. So please come back for part two, where we discuss episodes eight, nine, and ten of Game of Thrones season five. Thanks for listening.